What's going on, guys? Welcome back into the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am your host, Mike Taglier, and it appears that Bobby is returning to the host chair later this week. Now, don't quote me on that because I don't know how long this vacation is going to last, but you won't have to hear me ramble on without a football topic, which is kind of a win-win for everyone, I think. Uh, on today's show, we're going to be discussing late-round gems in redraft that are being taken outside the top 10 rounds, as well as a few late-round startup dynasty draft picks and one late-round rookie draft pick for those of you who are participating in rookie only drafts now i'm done with that mouthful uh with that being said you (laughs) you you didn't really believe that they were going to let me talk to you by myself for the entire show right nope they brought in the big guns for this episode and uh he's one of my personal favorites you'll often see his slender face uh upon starting your yahoo fantasy draft offering you advice on who to draft with your first pick (laughs) that of course is mr andy barons andy it's good to talk to you again sir Hey, it's really good to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Um, obviously, Bobby and I have a have a beef that goes way back, and so he just stepped aside, doesn't want to be any part of a podcast with me on it. I understand. I understand. Well, this is funny because we had uh, Adam Rank on not long ago, and Adam was like, good, I don't, I'm glad Bobby's not on. You know, I didn't want to have to talk to him anyway, so... <laughs> This seems to be a trend, Bobby. So I suggest getting back before more people complain because it's just it's getting it's going off the hinges here. Uh, so uh, I mean, he's just alienated all of us. Who's left? Who's he going to talk to? Brad Evans? Who's he going to talk to? Um, Mike Clay? Maybe. I mean, is that is that all he's got left? I don't think there's anybody that Brad Evans would not talk to. Am I correct in that assessment? <laughs> no, that's very true. It's very. True. <laughs> I mean, he lives in Colorado. We know it got legalized there. We know he's in a better mood because of it. So, Brad, if, <laughs> if, if you're listening, Brad, give uh, give us a shout out on the show and we will we'll talk to you next time we'll make sure bobby's here and you guys can ramble on about god knows what (laughs) that's very true brad dispenses more than fantasy advice absolutely so (laughs) so uh so yes we have seen your face on yahoo but it was crazy so andy i was watching the series behind baker on baker mayfield it was a documentary (laughs) leading up to the draft and as i'm watching it my wife and i are watching it and Look who is interviewing Baker Mayfield and Travis Kelsey. None other than you. Um, I was like, that's pretty awesome. Like, how cool are those experiences? And I wanted to say, can you share with us, like, the nicest player you've met, as well as maybe one who's on the naughty list because he could have been nicer? I imagine that Travis Kelsey was, like, one of the coolest guys to talk to because he seems like he's just Um, fun. That was a really fun event, and that was definitely, you know, my. I mean, we're fantasy guys, right? Yeah. So for the most part, what I do is, if I if I go on camera, I'm just like yapping at a camera. It's very much a one way thing, um, and I and I'm obviously writing all the time. So that was a little bit outside of my comfort zone, right? <laughs> like that was at the EA Sports Super Bowl party. We did a red carpet thing. Um, and I was I was talking to those guys primarily about, you know, their own Madden ratings and how they thought <laughs> they would fare. And we always do this segment uh, during the fantasy season called Bad Beats. And we try to get some of their bad beat stories from Madden. All, all the players we talked to were really cool. Um, that was I didn't have a bad experience with any of them. Uh, super fun. Mayfield was um, first of all, it was, it was great getting those two together because I, I basically challenged them to a dance off and they kind of sort of went for it. Um, nice. Kelsey was a riot. Um, like you could just feel that Baker Mayfield, and this is, this is before I think the rest of us knew that he was going to end up as the, as the number one overall pick. He already had this edge to him and just a, a like a clear chip on his shoulder. Like I asked him what he thought his, you know, his, maybe his lowest Madden rating would be something like that. Mm-hmm. And you could just tell he was already really mad that he thought they were going to ding his arm strength. Right. Like every, <laughs> he like, this is a slight that didn't even exist yet. And he was mad about it. So um, talk, talk about somebody who just does not lack any motivation at all. <laughs> um, that was that was really fun. Uh, I, I would say, actually, that the people at that event who were the least into my questions, although there was something, forget what I asked that really got them going, but like Migos um, was, was really that that little trio was an absolute riot. And uh, I, I don't I don't think they were uh, particularly attuned to um, the fantasy football experience. I don't know. It was just a really good day. It was a really really good day. Kelsey gave me um, a lot of grief about my, I don't know, I'm an old man. He gave me grief about my wardrobe. <laughs> I'd like, what, what am I? I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm 45 years old. I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. be, how trendy am I really going to be at a red carpet show? So whatever. There was, it was a really fun event. They were all, they were all really cool. No, it seems fun. It seems like one of those things where it's just like, I, one day I'm going to be at one of those events and I'm going to see, I think Brad Evans, it was earlier in the off season where he did something that was like the, around the Super Bowl. Didn't he do like that thing where he jumped in like, it was like a polar jump or whatever? Oh, Brad and I did that together. You so, did it, and too. We had, to do, we had to do multiple takes 
Um, so we're, I mean, it's Minneapolis and it's nighttime. It's like 20 degrees, but there's a stiff breeze. So it's like, I don't know what the wind chill is minus a thousand or something like that. We had to do two takes of ourselves jumping into a a pool of icy water. It was all, all for good cause. It was fine. It was fine. I thought you were smarter than that. That's why I tied it to just Brad. I did. I did as well. I did as well. I think it was one of those things where I was like, well, I don't want Brad to get to do something that I don't do. And then they were like, (laughs) you know, we're talking about the polar plunge. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm no, I'm good. (laughs) Oh, man. But it was too late. I give Liz Lowe's a credit for not taking part in that one. Um, But (laughs) no. Yeah, that's the that's the brown education of Liz Lowe's managing to extract herself from a thorny situation. I would try and avoid that one at all costs as well. But I'm sure Bobby Bobby would be into that. So uh, before we do get into the show, I want to thank today's sponsor, pristineauction.com. If you're looking for something for to ask for this Father's Day, look no further. Pristine Auction carries something from every team for every man cave from signed helmets to jerseys to footballs. They have at all. I was checking out a matte black Antonio Brown helmet before the show, which was tempting, but they also have a signed Amari Cooper Alabama helmet. So as you can see, it's kind of like a man's paradise. And best of all, it's all <laughs> certified authentic merchandise that's affordable. Believe me, my wife wouldn't let me spend tons of money on this when we have a one-year-old in the house and then we have a daughter that's in high school. Um, here's what you have to do. Go to pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. Register. It's absolutely free, but you have to mention that Fantasy Pros sent you. I say that because by doing that, we continually get signed memorabilia to give you guys away for free that you don't have to pay for. Last week, we gave away an Alvin Kamara signed jersey, and this week, it's going to be a Todd Gurley one. When you register for free, you're able to bid on items and never pay for anything unless you win, which is the point. Uh, you, you know you know that feeling when your realtor tells you you, you don't want to underbid on a house. You don't want to insult them. Go ahead and insult pristineauction.com. Bid as low as you want to. You won't have to worry about that. Now go register for free. Let them know Fantasy Pro sent you. And in regards to that Todd Gurley signed jersey that we're giving away, we're still accepting entries on that. Just go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, screenshot that review and send that screenshot into contest at fantasypros.com and you're automatically entered. Seriously, it's that easy. I know you like free stuff. I mean, who doesn't, right? So now that we uh that we've gotten through all the madness and talked about Brad Evans for half the the intro. <laughs> Uh, we did have a, a bit of a chat pre-show about ADP as it sits right now and how it it doesn't necessarily mean all that much, that much. And he's like, this is all going to change by the time the season comes around. And I agree with him. However, there are some things that be, can be gained from it. One for me is I play in a lot of best ball leagues on draft. Uh, you go there, you, I mean, by, by knowing the ADP, you're knowing how players are being valued right now and where I can get steals in the draft. So if I know that a few wide receivers that I love are being drafted outside the top 10 rounds, I could attack the running back position early. And if tight ends are coming off the board fast and furious, I need to have a backup plan if my top 12 are gone, etc. So I, I will say that the only people who are contributing to ADP information right now are extreme hardcore players. So yes. <laughs> that so that probably tells us something, right? I mean, it's all going to get skewed when you know you get you get your general you know hometown fantasy leaguers um, contributing to ADP. But but right now it, it's pretty much people who think about it you know every day of the year nonstop. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is once Andy's rankings come out on Yahoo, of course, that's going to affect the ADP on Yahoo. It's just there are certain individuals in this industry that are, are called ADP movers. Andy Barron's is one of them. So, <laughs> well, we also uh, I should say we build our pre-draft ranks that are like in the game off of the composite ranks for all the experts. So um, mm. and then ADP ends up at Yahoo anyway. It ends up getting skewed by all the auto drafts that happen. Right. So, yes, whatever our ranks are. That's pretty much how ADP is going to look because I don't know what percentage of leagues are auto-drafted. Let's say it's like 40%, something like that. You know, I, I mean, those all go off of our ranks. So that just, that throws it. No, yeah. No, there's so many things that factor into that. Like we tried to do this thing where we're grabbing ADP from like five different major sites. Yahoo's one of them and putting them together so we can have a consensus like, but you have to know who you're drafting with. That's ultimately what it comes yeah. down to is, is it the casual fan. Is it the hardcore ones? Um, and you kind of know where to go from there. But uh, today we're going to be talking about those that uh, these are the, I have. Some, I have some players who I'm going to talk about that even if they move up two full rounds, I'm going to be buying them in August. Uh, so that's that's quite a ways to move up draft boards, but it is very possible with some of the landing spots. But 
Andy, I want to ask you, you just mentioned it. The people that are listening to this podcast right now, they're the diehards, right? They're the ones listening in May and June. This is the, the, the months where not much is going on in football. But what do you believe is the best thing that a fantasy football player can be doing right now? Like familiar, familiarizing themselves with rookies, looking at strength of schedule, putting together their early rankings, playing best ball. Like what's your best advice to someone that's listening right now? Yeah, that's a... Um... So that's a really good question. I guess I would say it's probably, you know, now that that uh, best ball drafts are open pretty much everywhere. Like I I'm I'm not that into mock drafting. I don't do a lot of it. I, I will sort of, you know, begrudgingly um, participate in a handful of industry mock drafts if I have to. Right. But like I I don't tend to take it seriously unless there's like unless I have some real skin in the game or unless I yes. know that this is getting scored, this is getting played out. So I honestly I think the most important thing you can do is is try out different things in best ball leagues and get some get some shares of guys that uh that you think you're pretty into i would also you know again anybody who's listening to this podcast in may is probably already familiar with this stuff but um you know coaching changes matter you know just sort of freshen up on what's new around the league in terms of like who's calling plays and who moved to where um I, i think we'll probably get into some coaching change stuff as we talk about players today um it has an impact on you know the the fantasy value of players that you may be familiar with. So I think that stuff's important. But the, I honestly, I think the most important thing you could do is actually start drafting. Yes. And I, I actually agree with you 100%. Now, mock drafts can be, they could be really long. And that's the thing, like mock drafts have come a long way since like when, since we started playing fantasy football. Like I know me, I used to have to sit in these dumb lobbies waiting for them to fill yeah. only to ha- only to have a guy take two quarterbacks in the first two rounds and be like, this this entire mock is useless. Like you wait and people, you know, there was like a, a five or a 10 minute timer. It took forever. Obviously, our listeners know that we have the draft wizard where it's like a fast tool where you can do mocks in like literally five minutes and kind of like see how it plays out but I agree with you, Andy. There's nothing like having a skin in the game where it's like you have money on the line. That's when you actually see like what you're going to do. And I, I started when I started playing some best ball leagues this year. I always start with like a dollar or five dollar contests where it's yeah. just like it gives me an idea of roster construction. And by the time you get done with your first draft, you're probably not going to like your roster. You're probably gonna be like, <laughs> eh, I should have attacked this position. And you're going to realize that running back goes relatively quickly. And you're going to be like, OK, I need to attack running back earlier on. And I'm learning every single draft I do. And obviously I'm getting some variance. But um, I think that's the most important thing right now, because by the time the regular draft comes around, you know how you want your team constructed. So I would agree with you. Um, you know, you know, the other thing, not to stick on this topic too long, but the the other thing that I tend to do in industry mock drafts, and uh, this is like, even if they're going to get printed in magazines, stuff like that, like if I'm in an industry mock with people that I know I'm going to play in a real league with, um, you know, later on, when it matters <laughs> a little more, like I never take the guys that I like. Um, like if I'm, if I'm really into specific players, I I tend to want to see who else likes them, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? So like, I just, I just pass on my own guys in mock drafts because what's the point? And that's, that's probably wrong. It probably screws it all up. And it certainly, um, you know, means that I won't have the opportunity to write about (laughs) guys that I'm actually, um, you know, have real conviction with. But I just want to see who else likes them. So I'm going to pay attention to this, Andy, because you and I are going to be in a mock draft some point this offseason. I'm going to be like, <laughs> yeah, right, I know. Who did Andy draft? And those are not the players that he wants on his actual team because we are in a, I think we're both in Evan's high stakes league together. Um, yes, right. Yeah. So, like, obviously that one is like the bigger money league. So it's just like we want to make sure that we don't want to give away our secrets for that. So I'm going to pay attention to this. Thank you for the, uh, <laughs> the heads up on that. And <laughs> I'm kind of happy it works out. But um, obviously, you know, and the thing is, is we're going to have different players as we go through the offseason. We're going to learn more about depth charts but uh today you know talking let's start by talking about some of the players who are currently being drafted outside the top 10 rounds that we believe are extremely undervalued and should be considered sleepers and like i said it's going to change by the time your draft rolls around and i don't know if you know but andy's kind of a big deal and again (laughs) that adp is going to move based on what andy says so andy i I really want to hear the first player you're excited about and don't lie to our listeners don't 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 do it Oh no! I, I should say that that my sort of guiding principle on mock drafts it does not extend to podcasts. Obviously, anybody that good. I'm actually putting my name to right now or planting <laughs> flag with, um, I am uh, I, I feel uh, actual conviction about them. And it would not be a segment with Andy Barons if we didn't talk about an Iowa player 
Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start with George Kittle um, as a guy who's a who's a crazy value right now in standard redraft. Um, over at Calculator, his uh, ADP is 153. George Kittle led all rookie tight ends in red zone targets last year. 16 red zone targets, uh, second most receptions and second most receiving yards among the rookie class of tight ends from last year. He was great with Garoppolo in December. Had about half of his yards uh, in the month of December. Closed the season with a yard game he was seventh or eighth among all tight ends in yards after the catch just a really good player he's good after the catch he's got really good hands good feel for the position and then you know like if you if we're all big on jimmy garoppolo this year right um Mm -hmm. almost everybody's on him if you think he's like i don't know your number eight number 10 number 12 fantasy quarterback then by extension you like George Kittle. You may not know it yet, but you got to like somebody there, right? It's not a, yep. it's not like a talent rich receiving core. It's Garcon, it's Goodwin, it's, it's Pettis. Um, George, George Kittle could very well be the best receiver they have on that team. He certainly has rapport with Garoppolo already. I view him as somebody who could easily finish inside the top eight at the position. He's someone that I'm really excited about. And he's one of those players where it's like, if you're going to wait a tight end, he would, he would be one of those names I'd absolutely target. Uh, he falls in that range with the guys like, like Jack Doyle. Uh, he falls in that range. And that's the thing is like, you're not spending a top, eight like you know a pick in the top eight rounds to get him a lot of people are still sleeping on him because they're wondering you know who else on that depth chart is Pierre Garçon coming back is that going to take away targets but as you mentioned Pierre Garçon hasn't played with Jimmy Garoppolo at all like they haven't developed any chemistry Uh, you saw Kittle down the stretch I think it was almost 200 yards over the final three games I think he only scored one touchdown but it's important to remember that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't throwing touchdowns like it was just like he was racking up all this yardage and Carlos Hyde Matt Burrito were scoring the touchdowns and that that's all fine but everything will even out over time so I actually like that one it's it I didn't have him on my list but it really wouldn't surprise me if I went back and looked at it later this offseason was like yeah I kind of do um but before naming mine my my first one I just want to say that there's one player who is close but just missed the cutoff he's being taken as the 117th player off the board and that's Ronald Jones like what are we doing Mm. I, I don't I mean, I don't know if this has to do with maybe there's some lag in the ADP uh, based on a rookie and where, you know, whatever. But a, a rookie running back that was taken in the second round going to play with an offense that has so many weapons on it. Ronald Jones, uh, that I don't I don't want to spend too much time because I said outside the top 10 rounds, but I believe he should be in the top 50 players taken in the draft. And I, I mean that I think that he's inside the top 20 running backs this year. Um, and I also want to revisit something that Andy and I did together last year. We were both invited to WGN Studios to do a TV segment with Josh Friedman and uh, uh, Jared Payton, Walter Payton's son, which was really cool in itself. Um, I'm bringing this up because we were asked for a bold prediction on that show, and I think Andy was one year too early on his. Do you remember what you said on that show? Do you remember it? Oh, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure this one was um, my Jamison Crowder prediction. Absolutely right. was. And I think you were just one year too early. I think you said that Jamison Crowder is going to lead the league in receptions. And it was yeah. a bold one for sure. It was I like I gave him 100 plus receptions. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And honestly, I, I love it. I think Jamison Crowder is going to be one of the most undervalued players in fantasy football this year. He's the 111th player off the board. My stat that I have on him that I came across that I just need to share on the show uh, is that I was going through NFL's next gen stats, right? And the reason I was doing that is because I wanted to see the yards at separation for each wide receiver on the Redskins. Why did I want to do that? Because Alex Smith is uh, historically a player who does not throw into tight windows. Like, he doesn't want to. Like, if he has to, I think he's got solid enough accuracy, too. But he doesn't take risks. That's why you see his uh, interception total so low. And I think that, you know looking at the receivers he throws to like Tyreek Hill last year, he wanted separation. So I went and looked at the the receivers for Washington and let me tell you, it is not pretty outside of Jamison Crowder. <laughs> Jam- so Jamison Crowder second in the NFL last year in yards of separation at target, 3.2 yards per separ- of separation. Whereas, you know, you go down to Josh Doxson, 2.2 yards of separation. You go down to Paul Richardson, who is now with the team, 2.4 yards of separation. These are jump ball type downfield type receivers that are not gaining a whole bunch of separation. Jamison Crowder is legit. He's a, he's a player. And I think he matches up 
perfectly with Alex Smith. Oh, I'll just say that's a that's not only a great stat, that's a great way to look at that receiving core with Alex Smith at quarterback. I feel like, um, you, you know, I didn't have those stats in front of me, but I just uh, off of, you know, w- watching enough Washington football last year, it feels like Josh Dotson always has a defender like in his jersey. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like even, even two yards of separation is amazing to me. It doesn't it doesn't <laughs> look that way. Right. Um, yeah, I'm I'm I was big on uh, Crowder last year and there's no way I'm going to be able to quit him this year. Um, yeah, I think he's a really good player in a great role. Like my whole argument for him last year still makes sense to me. And I can't believe he wasn't a better receiver, mm-hmm. but I, I think you're so right. I think this is a really good pairing of quarterback and, uh, and receiving threat. Yes. So expect um, Andy and myself to start hyping him up as the offseason goes and you're going to see him slide up draft board. So if you're playing best ball right now, take advantage of Jamison Crowder, especially if you're playing like draft where it's um, it's half PPR. So you're at least getting some points per reception. So um, my first player outside the top 120 outside the top 10 rounds, we do talk about 12 team leagues here uh, is Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman is Mm. another rookie uh, who's walking into the Denver Broncos and it's a much better situation where it's like the receiving options have been upgraded. The quarterback has been massively upgraded. The offensive line really underperformed last year. Uh, Garrett Bowles, hopefully he takes a step forward. Ron Leary's still there. Obviously, C.J. Anderson was able to get some things done last year. Royce Freeman, for those of you who are worried about Devontae Booker, stop it. Like, seriously, just stop it. We, we, we've been here. We've done that. Uh, Devontae Booker had his chance. C.J. Anderson wasn't healthy for much of the 2016 season and then some of 2017. Devontae Booker, is a, he's not a, a, a good running back. He's a, he's a change of pace guy, a guy who's going to get some more receptions, whereas Royce Freeman is like, and I've compared him on the show before, to Jordan Howard. I feel like he's a no-nonsense runner. I feel like if you give him a lane, he's going to run through it, kind of like C.J. Anderson, who gets every single yard possible. Um, What's your take on Royce Freeman and where he's going in Denver? Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, So obviously just an enormously productive uh, collegiate running back. Like there's there's not much left to see from him. Um, We know he possesses pretty much every skill. He wasn't you know, it wasn't my favorite running back in this draft class, but this was one of my favorite spots for a running back to land. Um, and I, the, there, you were right to call it out with uh, Ronald Jones. There's a, there's just a, I don't know, the ADPs on all the rookie running backs outside of Barkley just seem wrong to me. Even Barkley mm-hmm. seems wrong to me. He's like 17 right now in terms of ADP at calculator, and that's like he's just not going to go there. I'm going to take him a little bit higher than that. You know, like Darius Geis is at 70. Um, uh, you know, Jones is too low. Uh, there were there were last just last season in standard leagues, like forget PPR in standard leagues. Three of the top eight running backs were rookies. Like yep. this is the one position where we can not. I mean, not only is it possible for rookies to excel, it's overwhelmingly likely that, that you know, they're you're yep. going to find rookies inside the top 10. It's just going to happen. Um, and Freeman is one of the strongest candidates to do that. Basically, coming into this draft, whoever landed in Denver was going to be one of the strongest candidates. Um, give, given the quality of competition behind him, um, I agree with you on Booker. I think he's kind of a rotational player. He's a guy that maybe you give him one out of every four series, but he's not, um, he, you know, he doesn't get a half share of that backfield, I don't think. Um, and again, Freeman has proven just about everything there is to prove. Um, he, he really distinguished collegiate career. Almost almost too many touches, right? Like over a thousand touches. He's almost like a guy on his second contract. He has so much mileage on him. Um, but I, I love him for these first two or three seasons. Um, I think it's a great call. And again, like what a weird position to have any reluctance about rookies at all. Like if you want to steer away from rookie tight ends, I get it. Rookie receivers, I get it but not at running back. These guys win you leagues. Absolutely. Yes. I wrote a, I wrote an article. It was about a month back talking about, you know, how to value running backs and wide receivers, rookies before they're actually drafted. We, we pretty much knew where a lot of the players were going to go. I don't think any of us expected eight running backs to go in the top two rounds. I, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that was in the actual, in the realm of possibilities, but that's what happened. And when, when running backs, you know, in that study, I did wide receiver, rookie wide receivers, I think first round wide receivers, they, they average about 70 some targets per year. So it's not like they're going to make an immediate impact we know that with wide receivers running backs are going to walk into touches if you're drafted in the yeah. first round seriously like just like pl- like draft them as a top 15 running back and you will not be disappointed uh, and then you go to the second round and it's not much of a drop-off it's a little drop-off but a second round running back to a team that needed running backs like like Ronald Jones going to the Bucks. obviously they had a very big need there uh, they wanted Doug Martin to have that job they gave him every single last opportunity to win that job they, they stuck with him for longer than they 
should have. Uh, he was bad for two years. Uh, so Ronald Jones comes in. I think he's a better receiver than people think. Royce Freeman, again, it's an offense that's going to be much better. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if he comes with the upside of like I don't think he comes with top five upside. I don't think Royce Freeman's going to be that guy in that offense. But I do think he's a very sturdy RB two in fantasy football. So to see him at one twenty six is way too far. Andy, who do you got next? Uh, my next guy is, uh, you know, we're not, we're not, I don't know if we're really talking about some hidden gem in that his name is known to everyone, a very familiar player, but, um, Marcus Mariota is going at, uh, an ADP of 126.3 right now. And I like, listen, I get it. He was dreadful last season, more interceptions than touchdowns. Um, pretty, pretty good postseason performance. Um, I think 459 passing, of course, one of those touchdowns, I think he threw to himself. Let's, <laughs> he let's pretend that didn't happen, but it was, it was like four touchdowns, one interception, uh, 80 plus rushing yards. Um, he gets like this off season, he gets to spend just on football and not rehabbing an injury. Right. So I think that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a new offensive coordinator there, uh, Matt LaFleur, who was the OC for the Rams last yeah. season. He was formerly the QB coach for Atlanta. Uh, in the Super Bowl year, and uh, every indication that this offense is going to be not only more aggressive, um, but also uh, we think um, built around Mariota's considerable skills. Right? Um, he he was really good two seasons ago. Twenty six touchdowns, only nine interceptions. The the guy's only twenty four years old too. So like we can forgive him for maybe a backward step in one season. He's like a year older than Baker Mayfield, and he's he's been in the league for a while. So like age situation the fe- like a quarterback when he like really gets to throw himself into a new offense in the offseason instead of having you know a- an injury to worry about a rehab to worry about I kind of believe in that receiving core a little bit um y- you know it's a bunch of familiar faces for him also another year of uh preparation for Corey Davis mm-hmm. I-, I think Mariota's situation is pretty good it's not going to surprise me if he throws 30 touchdown passes this year not going to surprise me if we see a little uptick in the rushing yardage as well it wouldn't shock me either the rushing yard is that would surprise me and I say that just because I think that they've worried about too many lower body injuries with him and I think that they probably want to dial that back a little bit uh, if they want career longevity out of him because if he suffers a third and knee injury it's not going to be pretty um, but I do agree with you in terms of him as a passer that he should improve again this year like return back to form you know Corey Davis I love that guy uh, I feel like he's like going to be a Brandon Marshall it might take him some mm, more time to yeah. develop but you, you remember last year he didn't get any time in preseason because he got hurt he missed the beginning of the season and it's like you know when you when you talk about that chemistry building with a quarterback and a wide receiver they have to get on the same page and you know I know a lot of people watch that that I think it was a Monday night game or a Thursday night game against the Steelers and everybody's like wow Mariota is just not on the same page with his receivers you could see it because they had that that new angle uh that night where you were able yeah the camera behind yeah. the quarterback and it was it was great for people to see that because they, they were able to understand that him and his receivers weren't on the same page but Corey Davis once they got into the playoffs you've seen them starting to build uh, on some of that chemistry so I am excited about him I think Taewon Taylor taking over for Eric Decker in the slots going to be good for him. Rashard Matthews is still a competent receiver. Delaney Walker is still there. They added Deion Lewis, uh, who's a much better receiving back than even DeMarco Murray. So for sure. yeah. uh, Deion Lewis is going to bring something different to that offense. I, do, I love the addition of Matt LaFleur. That's a, that, that could be a very surprising team, but I, I want to talk about this for a second because there's a lot of quarterbacks in this range. You know, the, the Patrick Mahomes, um, Alex Smith, Mitch Trubisky, like all these quarterbacks I feel like are in the same tier and none of them would surprise me if they popped out to to finish as a top 10 quarterback. None I, of that I was would surprise very close me. To, I was very close to talking about Mahomes today in place of Mariota. Um, I, I figured like that was almost too low hanging. of. <laughs> like They're right next to each fruit, other. Right? ADP yeah. is right next to each other. Yeah, I, I feel really strongly about him as well. I mean, you, like, it's hard to beat those weapons, right? Like, it's he's going to have to be pretty bad to screw this up between what he's got in the backfield and Hunt and Kelsey and uh, Watkins and Hill. Like, it's going to be really hard to screw this up. And uh, the brief glimpse that we got of him last year in the one game was uh, excellent. That was, a, that was a really nice taste. So um, I am going to be surprised if he isn't, because just a gifted athlete, too. I'm going to be really surprised if he doesn't have a good f- fantasy season. And on top of that, his defense is awful like Kansas City <laughs> Kansas City is not going to be able to stop anybody they're they're like in rebuild mode on that defense and they don't have cornerbacks it, it's going to be ugly for them um, that's why Patrick Mahomes should be high on your draft board because he's someone that's going to you know don't believe in the Andy Reid just wants to run the football narrative it's just that's not going to be the team anymore it's a different team Patrick Mahomes is not a quarterback you draft to run the ball he's just not easy he reminds me of like you know when Jay, when Jay Cutler came to Denver it's like people you know talked about him and like what he could have become you know he started off his career really well 
under under Mike Shanahan, and uh, things went downhill after that. But um, one player that actually is going a spot behind Mariota that I'm really excited about, and nobody's talking about him because I, I know this because I'm getting him as the 22nd quarterback in best ball leagues like every single time, and that's Jameis Winston, uh, another guy, right. another guy who's just like you know. He has never really lived up to the potential, but here's a stat for you, Andy. I tweeted this out a week or two ago. Did you know that if you were to combine Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, that they combined for the most passing yardage in the league more than any other quarterback? Oh, that's good. That's really good. I'm going to have to borrow that. I'll it, cite you. It, well, no, I appreciate it. Uh, but no, it's like, it's like it, that's what I'm saying. Like Jameis Winston, the weapons have not gotten worse. Like yeah. he has Mike Evans. He's got Deshaun Jackson another year. And if if you watch football as much as I do, watching the Bucks last year, you could see that Jameis Winston and Deshaun Jackson were literally a, a foot off, like on on, mm-hmm. on so many different targets. Where it was just like, man, if you could have hauled that in, it would have totally changed the out the outlook of the game. It would have changed the outlook on fantasy for uh, Deshaun Jackson for Jameis Winston. Was it the Was it the New England game? Like there was a, I think it was the New England game. Winston had a zillion passing yards and it felt like he left another zillion out on the field and they all would have gone to Deshaun Jackson. They would have. And against the Bears, I think there were two touchdowns in, in week two. Yeah. That was their first game of the year where they, it just it was so bad. There were, and that's what I'm saying is like there's glimpses of Jameis Winston being great. And I don't know. I don't think that I would trust him as your, you know, your only starting quarterbacks. I still think he's extremely inconsistent and it's frustrating. But at the same time. I don't think he's going to be under as much pressure anymore in terms of what he needs to do with the offense. I, I don't think they're going to need to ask him to do so much because they revamped that front seven. They, they drafted a couple cornerbacks and I think the third and fourth rounds. So the Bucks team is on the turnaround. But Jameis Winston, that's I, I think the moral of the story, though, when we're talking about Mariota, we're talking about Mahomes Winston, is that quarterback is deeper than ever because these are three guys being drafted outside the top 10 rounds as the 18th, 19th and 20th quarterbacks off the board. I'll just add that Deshaun Jackson's ADP is 141.4 right now, which is crazy, right? Like he's down there with the Let's see. He's he's going after Kenny Galladay, which is hilarious. He's going after <laughs> Terrell Pryor. Um, <laughs> he's going. I, I guess I get it with him going way after Alan Hurt. I don't know. Deshaun Jackson is is. I mean, he may only have one trick, right? But it's an mm-hmm. awesome trick. Um, yep. Like there's, he's he's just guaranteed to outperform this and probably outperform it by like I don't know sixty draft positions. I kid you not. I got him the other day in a best ball draft, which he's probably better in. I don't have to worry yeah, about the that's ups and a, downs. The perfect format for him. Exactly. You don't even have to guess at what the three huge games are going to be. I got him as the sixty seventh wide receiver off the board. Ugh. Yeah, that's filthy. It's awesome. I I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's just like the idea that ADP doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter for your redraft once you get up there. No, but it it does matter for best ball. And that's that's what we encourage you to do to like practice. And like I said, if you go, if you click on one of my articles, like if you guys follow me on Twitter um, and click on one of my articles, we have a a free promo where if you click on it, it says uh, get a free entry into a best ball league uh, by signing up with our link. And that way you're able to get a free entry, get your feet wet, check it out and practice because that's the best way to do it. So um Andy, you have any other ones that are sticking out to you in this range? Um, actually, in just in redraft leagues, um, Deshaun Jackson was the was the one name that I wanted to bring up. You already brought up the rookie running back, sort of generally as a class. I just think that one is. Uh, I think that whole phenomenon is bizarre. I don't. I don't yep. know what. I don't even know what feeds into it. Like rookies are are generally pretty dominant. Um, as I, I look at the tight ends right now, Kittle again is the one that really sticks out to me. I also kind of like. Um, the Bucks gave Cameron Braid a bunch of money in the offseason. They did. His, and his it, ADP is like 157 right now. Like yep. I, I get it. OJ Howard's a good player. Um, they're gonna they're gonna roll with two tight ends all the time. And you know, if you like Jameis to get, I don't know, 4,600, 4,800 passing yards this year, Cameron Braid is gonna catch eight touchdowns. Yeah, and that's the thing. As the year went on, his stats went down, and I don't know if it had to do with injury or not. I also don't know if it had to do with him staying in the block because their offensive line was obliterated. Yeah, um, there were a lot of question marks, but them giving him that big contract does kind of tell us a lot. I was wondering if there was a trade to be made. Like, it was OJ Howard going to be traded? Was Cameron Brake going to be traded? I had no idea what they were doing, and I still don't understand it. But um, it is what it is. And one one player I'm really confused about his uh, his ADP right now is Marquise Lee. And I, I say him, and it's not that he's a sexy player. Like, I know he's not going to finish as a top 12 wide receiver. But right now, he's being taken as the 138th player off the board. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> we're talking about a guy that, okay, Allen Robinson just left in free agency. I don't know if people missed that. Um, but over the last two seasons, Allen Robinson was there one of those seasons. Lee has seen 201 targets in 30 games played. That ranks 27th among wide receivers. Like, that's... I, I, I we. 
followed the targets, people. And if Blake yeah. Bortles did take a step forward, if he actually did, because as the year went on, he looked better. Granted, it was against some shoddy defenses. I, I understand that. But if he did, does indeed take a step forward, their offensive line got better this offseason. Leonard Fournette didn't go anywhere. Marquise Lee is going to see a lot of single-man coverage. And if he's getting over 100 targets, he's worth more than the 138th overall pick. And certainly in, in most leagues, certainly if you know people are listening, again, you're listening to a fantasy podcast in May, you probably play in leagues where every team's number one receiver is going to be owned. Here's here's a number one who who goes way outside the top 100 picks. Yep. And in Dynasty, actually, I'm, I've been working on an article that's going to come up tomorrow, uh, but I have like the best value player on every team. Marquise Lee in Dynasty, a startup ADP is wide receiver 61. I mean, Dante Moncrief, guys, he's not a number one. Like he's on a, he's on a one year deal. He did, he got like a prove it deal and pr- good yep. luck proving it going from Andrew Luck to Blake Bortles um but D.D. Westbrook has been demoted they drafted D.J. Chark Keelan Cole is a guy uh, I mean I'm just I'm just saying I, I don't see the talent on this roster that like is taking away from Marquise Lee's targets I just don't see it yeah that was not my I, I like I'm pretty intrigued by D.J. Chark long term and that was not the right landing spot for him <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not like like if you went to the Saints or something like that that yeah. may have been better just like as a field stretcher like that Ted Ginn role but um no I'm I'm not there but one question I wanted to ask because the news has kind of come up because Jason Witten all right so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna preface this by saying Des Bryant's current ADP is 158 so we know that you're not drafting right now but if you're in best ball leagues Des Bryant has been dropping because nobody knows if he's actually going to have a team Jason Witten came out um, earlier today and said something. He said that he predicts that Des Bryant is going to land with the Green Bay Packers. If Des Bryant lands with the Packers, Andy, where are you going to rank him? Yeah, what a um, gosh, what a what a just strange um, receiving core that would be between Graham and Des. It's like a it's like a yep. 2011 fantasy roster or something, right? <laughs> like, and it would have been really good. It would have been really really good too. Um, yeah, I mean he's not. He's not the number one if he goes there, but he is tied to an inner circle all-time uh, Hall of Fame quarterback at the basically at the peak of his power. So I'd be I'd be pretty into that. I mean, you can imagine a lower yardage nine touchdown season for Des if something like that happens, right? Like n- nobody has ever. I don't know. We we're, we sort of live in a time where we have between Breeze and Aaron Rodgers, um, maybe the two best quarterbacks who've ever done it at just like putting the ball on exactly the right shoulder, right? Like wherever it needs to be with like really fine accuracy that like, even if Des can't separate anymore, it's just not going to matter that much with Aaron Rodgers, right? Like we've, we've seen that with other players too. So I'd be pretty into it. I, I wouldn't have him, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't have him in my top 24, but he wouldn't be far outside. Maybe that top 36. Yeah, it would be really tough for me to rank him outside my top 24. Um, and I say that just because like what Des does well and what Aaron Rodgers does for fantasy wide receivers is he scores touchdowns. And it, yeah, like, right. would, would it shock anyone? Like legitimately, I think that there's a non-zero percent chance that Des Bryant would be able to walk in there and score 14 touchdowns. I, I think there's a non-zero percent chance because you've like seen some of the insane, incredible touchdown numbers that Aaron Rodgers receivers have posted over the years. Like you look at the players that have left Aaron Rodgers, like Greg Jennings, like what did he go and do? James Jones, what did he go and do? Jordy Nelson, what's he going to go do? I, I, Rodgers made Greg Jennings a lot of money. <laughs> he a lot of money. So did Brett Favre. But, uh, you know, going from two Hall of Fame quarterbacks to, you know, the Vikings, it didn't really help him. Uh, but, it, you know, again, talking about all this, it, Des Bryant, I'll take a chance on him there because when you're drafting at that 158th spot, which is where he's going, you're getting very hit or miss players anyways. Like you're you're yeah, t- you're taking yeah. your shot on guys like Josh Doxson or like Paul Richardson, D.D. Westbrook. Give me Des Bryant and, and, the, and the chance that he goes to the Packers. Sure. Love it. All right. So one more player I want to talk about here before we move on to the dynasty startups, the values there um, is <laughs> if the Packers don't signed as Bryant. Why is Geronimo Allison being undrafted? It's good. Uh, it's a good name. It's an interesting name, man. That that kid uh, killed. Uh, you know, I see everything through the prism of an Iowa fan. That kid killed us in college. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Undrafted is a little bit crazy. No, it, 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 it it's it's I, I don't get it. I really don't. Because like if you go back to uh, him playing with Rodgers in 2016, that was his rookie year. Allison saw 22 targets. He turned those 22 targets into 202 yards and two touchdowns. Like he's yeah. produced when asked to play. That's not a problem. And we were talking to Jeff Ratcliffe. He he told me he's like, 
you know, I know you have him as the number three receiver on the Packers, but he's technically the number two because he doesn't think that Randall Cobb is going to be playing on the perimeter at all. So he's like, if there's a two wide receiver set, it's going to be Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison. So if you have a starting wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers in the field, I don't really care what his name is. Or what he's done to Andy Barron's college. Uh, I, I, he fe- I feel like he should be drafted. You know, that's just me They're going on a limb here saying that Aaron Rodgers, the starting receiver playing with Aaron Rodgers should probably be drafted somewhere. It's not it's not crazy talk. No, it's not at all, especially when you're seeing guys like, you know, Mohamed Sanu, D.D. Westbrook, Paul Richardson. These guys should not. I don't know. I'm sorry. I mean, you're literally if Devontae Adams and something happened to him, Geronimo Allison is suddenly a top 30 wide receiver every single sure, week. Absolutely. And you want to play him like J- can he be better than James Jones? I think so. So it's just undrafted. Come on. We're better than I guess this. that is the thing to come back to. Like James Jones had a 14 touchdown season. <laughs> he did. He did. I mean, yes. if that can happen, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like Des Bryant's skill set matches him so well. Like Des Bryant, you throw him a back shoulder pass. Nobody's going to out bully Des Bryant. Like, and that's yep. the thing is people talk about the separation thing. And I understand that he doesn't gain as much separation, but Des Bryant was never a, a separation receiver. Like he was never a guy that was going to like, like Calvin Ridley, where he's going to spin you around in a route. He's not going to do that. Like Des was always a yards after the catch guy, a guy mm-hmm. who can will his way into the end zone, one that can bully you. And I still think he could do that with the best of them. So I'm really rooting for that. I'm, and, and that sucks as a Bears fan to say, but I, I, I feel like Des Bryant has kind of got the short end of the stick here and i'm rooting for him to latch on with the team oh yeah i absolutely hear you well i'm rooting for him to latch on with a with a quarterback um like rogers and I, you've kind of gotten at the same point um through a couple of different routes like there are just some guys out there um and i i think dak prescott is one of them and certainly alex smith is one of them mm-hmm. that are just not gonna pull the trigger every time when it's a single coverage situation and a guy doesn't have a lot of separation but that's like that's about as open as people get in the nfl uh, on occasion right like if you just have single coverage and you're des bryant somebody's got to throw that ball and rogers can obviously do it can throw him open um, and there are other guys who just won't let it go. Yep, I, I completely agree. So glad we're on the same page there. We're going to shift over now to dynasty startup drafts. This is obviously a time where a lot of people are doing dynasty drafts. And if you're new to the format, if you don't know what a dynasty format is, it's awesome. <laughs> like, seriously, it's <laughs> it, it's so great. Um, the reason I say that is because it's almost like you're a GM of an actual team. Some people think dynasty and keeper is the same thing. It's it's not uh, because keeper, you keep a select number of players, sometimes up for to select number of years. But dynasty, you keep every single player player on your team you you know you're running an NFL franchise in fantasy and uh every year you just have a rookie draft but we're going to talk about if you're going to start one of those this year and where some of the values can be fit, found in the later rounds I know last year I loved Devin Funches um in our and we did a fantasy pro startup dynasty draft and uh, I got Devin Funches I think as the 77th wide receiver and I loved him there. Like, I just felt like he could be better than Kelvin Benjamin. Um, and that worked out. So we're going to talk about some of those players who we think are going way too late in those drafts this year. So, uh, Andy, so I don't steal one of your guys. I'm going to let you start. <laughs> well, first of all, I, I want to echo what you're saying just about how fun the format is. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my favorite leagues are dynasty leagues. Some of them are ludicrously complex. Um, I'm, in a, I'm in a couple leagues that are commissioned by uh, Chris Harris of Harris Football. Um, and as good as Chris Harris is as a fantasy analyst, his true calling is being a commissioner of fantasy leagues um, because he has created at least one dynasty league that is probably more complex than the NFL itself. <laughs> and it's like, I like I think about I. It is not an exaggeration to say that I think about some aspect of it every day. <laughs> like wow! It, it you know my like there's no like there's for real there's and maybe that doesn't appeal to you. But again, if you're listening to a fantasy podcast in may it probably does um <laughs> dynasty just generally like it, it's a it's a year-round thing and it's fun you know it's not too debilitating a distraction for me anyway it is by far the most entertaining format and i would encourage everybody to be in three or four of them yes um, and on real quick and if you do start a dynasty like let's say you're going to start one with your friends or coworkers, whatever if you're going to do it don't 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 do like 20 man rosters don't do that like seriously yeah. you need to make like i think it's a minimum of 28 man rosters i think that's minimum uh, like me personally i like 35 some people feel like it's too much because there's nothing on waivers but i feel like that's kind of how it should be 
Yeah, the thing with Chris's league is that, uh, it, you know, everybody has a salary and those salaries go up over time. It, people hold out, you know, we have transition tags, we have franchise tag, we have all, we have all the complications of the actual NFL um, and the salary aspect to it makes wow. it uh, makes it really fun and kind of maddening. The other thing that I'll say about Dynasty Leagues, and this is just like, it would be boring, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you a bunch of old veterans as like the people who are values mm-hmm. in Dynasty Leagues, but just as a general rule i feel like the right answer for sleepers here are all of the old guys um and the thing that people lose track of in their dynasty leagues is that you can just go ahead and win this year you don't have to like you don't have to always plan for the juggernaut franchise that's gonna that's gonna start in like 2021 right like it's sometimes it it is a bit of a fool's errand to try to plan three and four years out in the NFL, you know, it, the league itself just sort of defies that. So like, you know, the dynasty ADPs of guys like Larry Fitzgerald, Ben Roethlisberger's dynasty ADP is like 155, you know, um, he goes after Josh Allen in dynasty leagues. I mean, you're going like, to get two great years out of Ben Roethlisberger. You might not get any out of Josh. I don't know. So the value is always with the old guys, but I don't think those are the names you're looking for here. So I'm going to give you some young guys. Um, and I, I'm going to start with, uh, with Mike Williams of the the uh, Chargers. So his redraft ADP is 163. His dynasty ADP, at least at calculators, around 138. Um, terrible rookie season, right? Derailed by the back injury, the herniated disc. Uh, by all reports, he's now 100%. Um, only caught 11 balls last year, right? So you're. it's kind of a leap of faith. The guy is still six foot three. He's a intensely physical receiver, kind of a box out specialist. Now, again, not a guy, maybe, maybe a little Des like in that he's not going to get, you know, six yards of separation from everybody who covers him. Um, he, he was just marvelous as people should recall in his final season at Clemson. He was 98 catches over 1300 yards. The most impressive thing about that season to me, he was one of the best players on the field and was excellent in the biggest games of the year against Alabama and Ohio State, two teams that had a bunch of NFL defensive players on the field and like defensive backs on the field, right? So that against the toughest competition he faced, he was brilliant. He's going 60 picks later than Kenny Galladay, which I just can't get on board with in dynasty leagues. Um, I think Mike Williams is still in for a really good career, assuming uh, he's he's actually back to full health. That's a great point. And the, the, I talked about this on a show not long ago where I was talking about overvaluing um, or I guess undervaluing a player because you're worried about his, uh, his future situation. Like Michael Thomas was someone that I moved down my draft board a little bit because I felt like Drew Brees had a couple years left in that Michael Thomas may not be productive forever. And I and it was a mistake and I've learned from that mistake and I think Mike Williams is a perfect one because some people might you know lower him because they think Philip Rivers has only got a couple years left don't worry about that seriously Mike Williams is going to be a player and like imagine you know Keenan Allen hasn't been the most healthy player throughout his career if something were to happen to Keenan Allen we saw what Tyrell Williams did and Tyrell Williams isn't he's not a first round draft pick. Like he's not a guy that was expected to do much. I think this is something that Philip Rivers does. Like don't underestimate that quarterback. So Mike Williams. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the thing I left out. Mike Williams was the seventh overall pick in the draft. Like they are going to give him every opportunity to (laughs) to live up to that. They absolutely should. And you know, that's, that ties in with my player that I have on my list and that's John Ross. I, I, I think so many people forgot about him. And here's the thing. I'm I'm kind of pissed because I don't know what's going on with John Ross. I don't know if Marvin Lewis is going to wake up tomorrow and be like, you know, yeah, we should probably play, you know, our top 10 pick this year um, and not and not bench him over a fumble. Like if that happened to Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt wouldn't exist. So it's like, you know, I, I don't like Marvin Lewis as a coach. I happen to think that they're going to have a new coach next year. It actually might be midseason. So there's there's a lot of question marks here. But John Ross was a top 10 pick for a reason. Like this kid is every bit as dynamic as T. Hilton. You know, some people tied him as a, a one-trick pony, like a Deshaun Jackson. He's not. He, he's he's a great route runner. He can spin people from around. You know, uh, Matt Harmon, we're going to have him on the show on Thursday. I, I've talked with him. I've talked with uh, Matt Waldman about John Ross, and it's like we all love this kid, and it's just he needs that opportunity. When you're drafted top 10 overall, you should be given every opportunity to succeed, and he wasn't last year. It is concerning that he didn't play much, but at the same time, I literally was able to get him in my dynasty league, a a different one. I've traded it for him in a few of them, but I got him for a third round pick 
the other day. Oh, because, wow. I mean, he was in some rookie dynasty drafts last year. He was he was a top three overall pick. Yeah. And that's the thing is like DJ Moore right now is going as the 27th wide receiver in drafts. He's a guy that was drafted down, you know, at, what was it 23, 24 overall mm-hmm. to the Panthers. So we're talking about a guy that went top 10 all of a sudden dropping way down. Like you're getting him at a if you were if he cost you, you know, a first round pick, yeah, obviously you're spending too much to to buy that upside. But John Ross, if, if I'm telling you this the ceiling here is TY Hilton. I will also say I'm like but nobody will care about this. I'm a bit of a track and field snob, right? Like it's a sport that I follow and I I always get irritated when um we say of an NFL player that they have world-class speed because almost none of them have world-class speed. Right. John, John Ross is really close to world-class speed, yeah. right? Like he's like, you run a four, two, two Um, that's really fast. That's really, really fast. Yes. And, and that's what I'm saying is not, it's not even just the speed. He can move. Like, that's the thing is if you go back and don't watch YouTube highlights, I hate it when people are like, Oh, did you see his YouTube? Highlights? Yeah. Like, don't do that. Like seriously, just go back and watch the game tape. And if you can get a hold of some, some footage where it's showing him versus cornerback, you know, one-on-one and what he can do in a route, John, Ross is a really good route runner. So, um, yeah, I think you and I are are in lockstep here where it's like if a rookie disappoints that was being taken as a top 30 wide receiver last year, take that discount and start up drafts. It used to just not be like we expected this from rookie receivers. Of course, they were going to be disappointments, right? Yep. Like that, that that was the rule until Odell Beckham came around. Yeah, in draft class. Um, but that that season is still looks like the exception. Um, more more than like some new rule of uh, the modern NFL. It, it's just not that unusual for a receiver to take a year or two. Absolutely, and that's the thing. I think we were spoiled by Beckham. I think we were spoiled by the draft class of AJ Green and Julio Jones because yep. those guys walked in and produced right away. But technically, wide receivers take some time. Like, give them three years before ruling them a bust. Like, Kevin White, I think we could officially close the book on that one. Um, I I think we've (laughs) waited long enough there. Um, But another wide receiver, Andy, how do you feel about uh, Carlos Henderson? And uh, he's someone last year, you know, he's going as the 102nd wide receiver off the board, which is blowing my mind because this was a kid that people were high on last year. He he ended up on injured reserve with a thumb injury, and then he got arrested actually this January, which is never a good thing. You don't you don't want to see your player getting arrested. Right. Um, but at the same time, Carlos Henderson reminded me of Golden Tate coming out of school. Like he he's a monster after the catch. He's bigger than Golden Tate, and you know he, we're talking about a Denver team. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are not going to be with the team next year. Like yeah, that's the that's the key. That's what I was going to bring up. Like you're talking about uh, two receivers who are in starting positions right now who are just not going to be around for long. Correct. Um, so that. That was, you know, that that was the excitement with like it's going to take a year with Cortland Sutton, but the, the whole receiving core is going to be wide open for Henderson and Sutton. Absolutely, and that's why I'm saying as the 102nd wide receiver off the board, that's madness. Um, you know, last year around this time, people would have probably said Henderson was a top 50, top 60 wide receiver in startup yeah. drafts. So take that discount. We haven't even seen the kid play it down in the NFL. Like take that discount. He's got a better quarterback. Um, Case Keenum and worst case scenario, Case Keenum doesn't live up to the hype and they draft a quarterback. It's not it's not the worst case. So um, who else you got on your list, Andy? So here's another name that is just absolutely um, known to all, um, but I'm I'm surprised at where his dynasty ADP was, and that's uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, dynasty ADP of of outside the top 140, 140.5. Like I get that you may not be in love with him as a passer. He sailed a few throws in college. Um, the completion percentage wasn't great, but it did come up every year. I think he finished around 59%. Um, three to one uh, ratio of touchdowns to interceptions his last two collegiate seasons. And he, he was just, he was like, okay, we already said you, you don't want to go to YouTube and watch highlights. I think it's okay to go to Lamar Jackson and search for those YouTube highlights because they're some of the best from college football over the last two years, right? They're just really fun. He is a thrilling runner. Um, and I, you know, does that, does that maybe he's not going to have a 10 year career as a thrilling runner in the NFL? But again, I don't like to make really long-term plans uh, with my fantasy football rosters. Um, As soon as he starts for Baltimore, and it's coming, um, obviously because Joe Flacco is coming on. He's an incredibly boring player in real real life and in In fantasy, fantasy, coming off a dreadful season. Um, Lamar Jackson is a party. Uh, You know, 1,600 rushing yards last year, 18 rushing TDs almost seven yards per carry the year before the numbers were basically the same to me. He's, he's like a, a better version of a young Randall Cunningham as a runner. 
Um, he, like as soon as he plays, he's going to be a top, I don't know, 10, 12, uh, fantasy quarterback just off of his rushing ability. Oh, hundred percent. That's the thing. You remember Tim Tebow, like people were starting him in DFS yeah. he, and he wasn't a good quarterback. Let's not, let's be real about that. But his rushing ability will carry you in fantasy. And I agree with you. My only concern with Lamar Jackson, the reason that I don't, I don't have him starting any game in 2018, uh, just because I believe they're going to give Flacco every reason, you know, he won him a Super Bowl. you know, they're going to give him every single opportunity to hold that job. However, Lamar Jackson, the thing, the, my concern here is that I don't know if they have an offensive coordinator who's uh, got a good enough mind. Marty Morningwig has not been a very creative play caller. So it's a, yeah, it's a, re- it's a really good point because he is going to spend base. Uh, we assume he's going to spend, you know, he's the end of first round pick. He doesn't need to, but those guys don't necessarily play right away. Right. It's probably going to be something like a red shirt season. And then who knows if he's going to have to learn a whole new offense <laughs> like, like the next year or the year after that. So I, I get that. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing with me, like Baker Mayfield. The reason I say Baker is because I, I prefer Baker over Lamar Jackson. I say that because I think, you know, people put too much stock into Baker's 40 time. I, I wasn't worried about it because I, like quarterbacks, I can care less. Like I want to see his yeah. escapability, his pocket presence, his awareness and how he maneuvers through defenders. And Baker was he's Russell Wilson esque when he's running the ball. But the best part about him is that he doesn't necessarily have to. He's a pass first quarterback. And I'd rather take Baker, but Jackson, though, I'm with you. Once we know that he's a starter, and if you could guarantee me he'd be a starter for a couple of years, I, I think Lamar Jackson is undervalued as the 20th quarterback off the board behind someone like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr might be the new, next Joe Flacco. Um, yeah. Oh, good call. That's yeah. a really good call. And that's the thing. I, is might, just, I might have to steal that one, too. That's really <laughs> <good>. <laughs> it's really sad, too, because I felt like there was some improvement at the beginning of the career, and then hiring John, Fo- John Gruden isn't going to help anything. Um, I almost said John Fox. It might as well be. <laughs> which, which would also not help. It anybody. might as well be, right? Um, but yeah, no, I kind of agree with you. But quarterbacks, they're, they're so deep. And outside of two quarterback leagues, it's like you can wait. And like I said, if, you, if you're in a startup and you wait to take Mayfield and pair him with an older veteran like Roethlisberger or Rivers, that's like the yeah. ideal scenario for me. So... Uh, I, I think that's wonderful, and I, I like. I'll have a follow up question for you on Mayfield, um, only because we were do- we were doing a live draft show on Yahoo, and and uh, uh, Liz Lowe and I were were arguing about this a bit. Um, I, like, I think Mayfield's going to play really early this season. Number oh, wow. one, I think he's I think he's ready. Um, I, I thought that he and Rosen were the most NFL ready quarterbacks. Um, it's like modern NFL, it would be pretty unusual to draft a quarterback number one, number two overall, and then not play him at all in his first season um it's a bummer for tyrod taylor right we all kind of sort of like tyrod taylor um i I can't believe mayfield's not going to be playing in october the thing is with me so i understand the logic here i really do and i happen to think that baker mayfield's going to be a really 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 good quarterback in the nfl so i'm on board with the browns taking him there but my issue the reason that i don't i actually have him starting uh, after their buy in week uh, 11 so i have tyrod Mm. starting 10 games then baker starting the final six and the reason i do why would you trade the first pick in the third round when you know you're taking a quarterback? The reason that I think that the reason that I thought they weren't going to take Baker Mayfield, and the reason I didn't have Baker at number one in my mock draft was because they did grab Tyrod Taylor. They traded the first pick in the third <laughs> round, and it's like, okay, they're going to take a de- developmental quarterback, and I'm with you that Rosen and Mayfield were the two most pro-ready quarterbacks. So I thought it was absolutely going to be Darnold or it was going to be Josh Allen. I was leaning towards Darnold just because, well, Allen's not very good. Um, That's (laughs) That's a really difficult problem to overcome at the NFL level. It really is. Not good at quarterbacking. (laughs) And I'm I'm sorry, Bills fans. I know we're piling it on here. And I'm really sorry about that. But I... I mean, I'm just and if and if I'm wrong about that, seriously, I want you to come hammer me because like I, I, I would deserve that because I've talked a lot of bad about him. Um, but I'm sorry. Uh, but Baker, I, I love Baker Mayfield, but I do think you need a bridge quarterback um, to get you through. And then there's gonna be a lot of talent on the roster once he takes over. And and honestly, Hugh Jackson better not be the coach. That's all I want. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I'm going to mention just a couple more names um, before we get Andy Sleeper and in Dynasty Rookie Drafts. Uh, I'm going to mention Mac Collins, uh, Eagles wide receiver. He's the 99th wide receiver off the board. You know, Alshon Jeffrey hasn't been the healthiest player. He had shoulder surgery this offseason. Mike Wallace at the end of his road. You know, Nelson Aguilar, sure, he came on. But Mac Hollins could have a long career with Carson Wentz. That's that's a name yeah. to keep an eye on. I also think that Geronimo Allison, we mentioned him earlier. If they don't sign another wide receiver, Jamon Moore, Equinemius St. Brown. We seen the Packers do this last year with a couple wide receivers that didn't pan out. Um, and then one last name I want to mention at tight end if you're looking for one. Uh, Vance McDonald. He's the 31st tight end off the board. 
I mean, we saw Heath Miller. Heath can't move very fast. Miller do well uh, with Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. We saw Jesse. I can't move very well either. Um, James do pretty well with Ben Roethlisberger. I think Vance McDonald, they traded for him for a reason. Apparently, he was slow to learn the offense. They said this offseason that they're working. They're getting him more involved in the playbook. So um, I believe he's another good one. Like if you're looking for a late, late tight end. Man, that's somebody who really flashed in San Francisco too, in a in in not a great environment for a receiver at all. I think that's a good call. He's so athletic. So yeah, I mean, I, I that that offense can be very explosive. And the move from Todd Haley, uh, I don't think that's going to hurt them necessarily. I think they're going to be a more up tempo offense. I think Roethlisberger is going to be able to do some things in a hurry up offense that Todd Haley necessarily didn't want to do. So I, I don't think that that Steelers offense is going to regress at all without Todd Haley. All right, Andy. So are there any rookies you're particularly looking at snagging late in rookie drafts, like someone who might not make an impact right away, but you think that they might turn into a fantasy goldmine? Yeah. I, so I've got somebody who um, I, like I want to own this guy. I don't want anybody else to claim this guy for me. So I'm glad you're letting me go first here. Um, I had Kiki QT as uh, a top five receiver in this class. <laughs> um, I love him. I absolutely love him. Like, I, I didn't think it was the most talent-rich receiver class I've ever seen. Um, I think he's going to be really good. And I don't even know if you're going to have to wait that long for him to be really good. Because I think he, like, he's going to get a lot of snaps in the slot immediately. And it, he goes outside the top 30 picks in rookie dynasty drafts, which is crazy to me. Um, he's like the sort of unusual slot receiver with terrific deep speed. Um, gets really easy separation. I think he's gonna, I think he's going to be awesome on uh, option routes uh, out of the slot. Um, back to back, really strong seasons at Texas Tech, a program that has already produced um, really quality NFL receivers before. He's coming off a 90 catch season, 1400 yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, Houston, it, it was just a perfect landing spot in my mind because they they stress your defense so much outside with Fuller and Hopkins. Um, QT is just going to have so much room to operate. Um, he like his specialty was just turning short passes into just field flipping game changing gains. Um, I, I love him. I think he can have value this year. I kid you not. He's definitely here on my list. Um, not happy about it. <laughs> um, but no, no, seriously, like QT, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think I had him as my number six or seven wide receiver and I knew I was high on him. Um, I love QT now. He reminds me so much of Tyreek Hill. Like, I mean, like they have yeah, they have what, yeah. what's called this on-demand speed, and like we're you could just watch game tape on him and like watch him hit this button, and it's like a boost, and no mm-hmm. defender can touch him. Like he, in that Tyreek Hill has that same speed, and that's why they're able to make it work with him at wide receiver. QT, another reason to love him is that you mentioned it. Texas Tech, his last two years were so productive. He did it. Most most wide receivers in college, when they lose a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, they end up oh, regressing. Good point, yeah. And he actually got better without Patrick Mahomes. So it, with Nick Shimanek, that was his quarterback, the guy who I don't yeah. even think Shimanek got drafted. Um, so Kiki QT, I, I the only thing I worry about with him is obviously DeAndre Hopkins is a target monster, and they're not going to give him anything less than 160 targets. Um, right. Will Fuller, not a huge believer in him, so I think he can overcome that. Bruce Ellington, not worried about that. The question is, is Deshaun Watson the real Deshaun Watson like is he will, will the real Deshaun Watson please stand up because I am not anointing him as a top three dynasty quarterback I'm not doing it yet um I've seen him really in like a six game sample uh where I'm not I, I I'm I, that touchdown rate is ridiculous I think it was like 9.5 9.6 percent that's gonna drop in half yeah I mean that could be I I think he I think he's also just a thrilling player and obviously you know everybody saw basically his entire collegiate career he too like you know I talked about Mike Williams earlier facing the strongest possible tests at the collegiate level Watson could not have passed them uh you know uh in in a more glorious fashion right like I I don't know he was he was my number one quarterback going into drafts last year among the rookie class um I, like it's kind of fluky, right? He's not going to have that many four touchdown games necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a guy who could settle into a three to one touchdown to interception ratio, still deliver excellent rushing stats at the position, and a guy who's tied to a really really good receiving core, um, yeah, he's he's probably he's probably top three for me at the quarterback position in dynasty drafts. Actually, I love him. I'm I'm sold. There's a lot of people who are right there with you. A lot of people love Deshaun Watson, and that's the thing is like it's I could be wrong this and that's what I'm saying is just I, I I admitted I was wrong last year when he started taking over I was like wow I wasn't high enough on this kid and but I'm still not sold on him long term like I don't know if that's who he really is I, I mean 
granted the, the situation like his uh his wide receiver situation is good tight end meh I didn't I, I wasn't in love with their draft uh but their offensive line is also pretty weak so again we have to see him back from his ACL does it limit some things I don't know uh but again it's not a bad thing for QT to be tied to a young quarterback that obviously showed the ability to throw 9.6 percent touchdown passes last year yeah I I should have said the um the big wild card there is the recovery from ACL and we're we're not going to hear anything but good news oh. until we actually see him on the field so we're just going to have to you know it's gonna be <laughs> one of those wait and see things like it's just going to be nothing but sunshine and then we're going to see him on the field and then we'll know yep. um so the the recovery from the ACL and obviously him being able to you know sustain as a mobile quarterback and not just a mobile quarterback but just a brilliant runner a guy who makes really good decisions when to run um, and then have that sort of breathtaking ability as a runner like that needs to still be in place and if it is I love him yep nope I, I dig it and obviously I'm a, I'm a big fan of QT um, I, instead of mentioning Deion Kane I was going to mention him uh, he's he's being taken in like the third round area of rookie drafts I like if Andrew Luck returns to Andrew Luck Deion Kane could be a player he's a position style receiver but I'm gonna go deeper for you guys I am going to go all the way down this player is being taken as the number 60 player in rookie drafts and his name is Jaleel Scott out of New Mexico State um, he went to the Ravens now the Ravens all of a sudden have a packed wide receiver core it's not to say that there's any elite talent there I think Michael Crabtree is still the guy but Jaleel Scott is someone to watch down the road he's 6'5 he's 218 he runs a 4540 He's just a physical specimen, and the reason I like Jaleel Scott is he's someone I got to late in the draft process, where I'd watched all the receivers already, and he was a name that popped up, and I was like, oh, I'll watch the kid, you know, play New Mexico State, not the greatest competition, but what I saw on on tape with him, he moves extremely fluid for a, a player as big as he is. Like, go back and watch some things, uh, draftbreakdown.com, you're able to see some stuff. Look up Jaleel Scott, or on YouTube, uh, they'll have sometimes love game footage, where you can watch individual games. Jaleel Scott moves ex- incredibly well for a big man, and if Lamar Jackson can, you know, in fact, take over for Joe Flacco, or even if he doesn't, Flacco's got a big arm, can get the ball downfield to him, but he's someone I wouldn't mind taking with my last pick in a dynasty rookie draft um, and hoping that he turns into something more because the, the, the Ravens, he's a, he's a guy that was projected to go mid to late day three. They took him in the fourth round, so they obviously like something on tape with Jaleel Scott. I liked it before, so he's someone to watch. Yeah, you're right to talk about how he's paired with a with a quarterback with a huge arm too. Because um, almost every good thing he did in in college, at least in his final season, was it was all deep balls, um, and it was great. Yep. Yeah, he moves pretty well. Um, but no, this this was fun, man. I, I this is this is gonna do it for the show today. Thanks for hopping on to chat with me, Andy. Yeah, I'm sorry, Bobby bailed. He's a coward. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say? The whole industry knows it. He ducks on me, ducks on rank. Yeah, it's it, it's all bad. Bobby, get back as soon as possible, <laughs> so I have to stop defending you. Um, <laughs> you guys can follow Andy's work on Yahoo as well as Twitter at Andy Barons. That's A N D Y B E H R E N S. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Taglier NFL. We are going to be back later this week to resume our NFL draft coverage with Matt Harmon. We'll be discussing rookie wide receivers where they belong in rookie drafts dynasty startup drafts as well as a few Harmon's sleepers at the position thank you to pristineauction.com for sponsoring the show make sure to go there register and tell them that fantasy pros sent you thank you as always for tuning in and until next time lights out i just wanted you to watch me dissolve.